Hi, I'm Dmitro Shvets, your host at the Start Global Insights, where I interview local experts in different countries about local insights and international expansion experience. Today, my guest is Topi Pananen, the CEO and entrepreneur at Peikko Group, a Finnish construction company. Topi has more than 20 years of experience in global business development, 17 of which is in the family-owned Peikko Group. He was also named by EY as an Entrepreneur of the Year in Finland in 2020. It's going very well. Thanks, thanks, Dimitri. It's, it's going very well today. The sun is shining in Finland and we are happy that the weather is today good. So, so if the weather is good, uh, Finns are feeling always okay. Because the weather is typically not good here. Could you give a brief description of Peiko and uh, your role in the company? And uh, if, if I... Uh, have mistaken in introduction of uh, your name or uh, the company also corrected. Yeah, some some description of, of uh, our company. It's uh, it's a company doing work for the construction sector. Uh, we are a producer of construction materials, uh, and our customers are, are, are builders, investors, uh, precasters. Of various kinds. What, what we do is, is something out of steel. Uh, we have certain columns, we have certain beams, we have certain connection items for frame structures. So, so many things that typically you don't see in your buildings. They are there to hold up the building together, but but you do not see them. That's our business. And uh, Peiko is headquartered in Finland. Uh, we have about 2,300 people working for us. Uh, this year's revenue, we expect to have some 320 million euro uh, revenue. And so, so in 30 countries, quite a small company to be so international, but, but, uh, but still, still uh, hoping to grow bigger. That's our objective. What is your role in the company? You, you named yourself in the LinkedIn as an entrepreneur at Peiko Group. Uh, I think the titles are, are titles and, uh, and uh, if, if I would be promoting myself as a CEO or whatever, that's, uh, that's kind of the way. I'm basically the ambassador of, of Peiko, the forefront of Peiko to, to, to kind of lead, uh, hopefully, the, the company to the right direction. My, my role is, is to manage the company as a family business owner. I, I of course... I'm both owner and the leader, which is a kind of double role, but so far it has worked fairly okay. So, so we have been growing in the last 17 years from 35 million euro company to the current level of, of, of let's say, 320 million euro company as an estimate for, for this year. Was it always so uh, that Peiko was global company or at some time you decided to be global? Peiko had, before I joined 2005, we had some export activity already. But then there was a realization that the, the products and the applications could have some uh, value add for the customers also outside of Finland even more. And, uh, and, and then we started the globalization efforts back in, in 2005, uh, I would say very aggressively as, as well. Uh, in our case, internalization also meant that that we need to provide the technical service for our customers in the local language. So so we needed to have a teams in other countries where we wanted to sell. And then also, in many cases, we had factories. So we are currently having uh, some manufacturing activities in, in 12 locations. So so the closeness to the customers was, was kind of 
required. So we were in our language, we are not talking about the export. We are we are talking about internalization in many ways. How do you think? Uh, so you, you you said that uh, you increased your turnover from uh, thirty million to almost uh, three hundred million. Yeah, uh, uh, within this uh, more than. 15 years, uh, would uh, that be possible if you stayed uh, in Finnish market? It depends, of course, what is your business. Of course, you can you can always sell many, many things for your local market. But uh, for us, it was kind of a, like a natural that we are we are believing on, on the on the beauty and the extraordinary nature of our products. And we want to spread the gospel of, of these products all over the world, let's say. And, uh, and and we have been focusing uh, very decisively on, on certain applications, certain uh, key key strengths, and, and and that has been good for us. In in this conservative conservative business of construction materials, it has taken time, yes, but uh, but so far so good. How do you go abroad? I mean, is there any roadmap or uh, approach that you use when you select in new countries or you decide that we will expand further uh, of course you need to look uh, on 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 kind of uh, the basic parameters of of a certain country where whether the your your products or, or services are needed there in, in principle and and that of course we have been uh, doing and and then then you need to do maybe a little bit of study around you need to visit uh, possible customers organizations and, and and then you just have to to start activities and and then you will see whether you are there in the right time whether you have been whether the first persons you are recruiting are actually good guys or or, or you have whether whether basically you are making a, a good choices or bad choices and and then fairly fast you need to to make the decisions on, on whether you increase or whether you decrease that that organization sometimes it has worked sometimes it has not worked it looks like a startup approach. So you have a hypothesis if it will work, and then you you cho- you check it, and then if not, then you recheck it and and redo. Or how do you understand that this this is correct choice and this country is the, the one you you should proceed with? This is a startup approach, and and with startups you have to be also fast to make moves in in many directions. So you 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 want to scale up, but you can you need to also scale down, and, and I think the. The, the Ukrainian exp- ex- example of us was was uh, in one part of it was a failure because we we set up a small team back in in 2007-8. But then, uh, if if somebody remembers still those times in 2009, uh, the whole construction market was totally dead. So um, I was visiting in Kiev. Uh, I saw 15 building sites and there was no labor in one of the one of these months there. And and then then we kind of realized that. That uh, the timing, the kind of the environmental impact was so far uh, kind of big at that particular moment that that it made no sense for us to continue. Uh, sometimes these kind of things also happen, but uh, but uh, yet we are we are having we are having some some uh, we have had customers in in Ukraine uh, ever since, even though we have no own team currently. Okay. Interesting. Uh, how do you think, uh, is it important, uh, like in your case, I see that you are taking a very active role in this internationalization as CEO, yeah, but m- more maybe as a business developer. How do you think, do you, like, like your personal opinion, is it important that for a small company or a medium-sized company, the owner and the, uh, the uh, manager of the company 
takes uh, a proactive uh, part in in global expansion should it be uh, like a strategic priority for the company if they decide to be global well, of course it always depends on the kind of the capability of the of the entrepreneur uh, with regards to the language regards to the uh, many many other things availability of from the from the other uh, other points of view like like family etc but i see that if the, the decision making capability has to be in the forefront and and whether this is the entrepreneur or somebody else you have to make decisions then and there when you meet the the, the clients and and the partners in the in the in the let's say foreign country and, and and i think this is essential that there has to be people who are empowered to to make decisions in in our case i have been myself involved i'm having fun with it uh, to explore new cultures new to see new people uh, like during one of these visits, I was meeting you uh, in those times in in Kiev, which, which was fantastic. But but it's it's kind of like uh, you you have to have the time and the dedication, and uh, and of course, if you want to internationalize, you have to have an objective, and and uh, you have to have the best resources to do that. Very often, I hear from Ukrainian exporters that let's do some expert if it works. Okay, if not, then uh, we won't invest in that. Uh, so they do not invest uh, in internationalization beforehand. There is uh, such a mentality that uh, you should first earn something and then invest in that. Is it possible from your experience, Yeah, is it possible to be successful at foreign markets without proper preparation for that and investments in, in developing this direction? I think in today's world, in, in most of the businesses, this is no longer possible. So it's kind of like you, you come to see a customer and say that I'm, I'm just going to try now to sell in this country. Would you like to buy uh, from me? So it, it, the, the kind of this, this uh, sales pitch doesn't, <laughs> doesn't work. Uh, obviously, it's important to to get information from various countries and and then kind of try try out things, but but if you need to go, you want to try for for your best for for a certain period of time with a certain period of budget. So so those you have to do it. You have to make the trial in a in a proper manner and trust you. But of course, you have to bet on bet on money that that you can afford. That's also true. But and I would even say that too many times companies are starting in too many countries at the same time so so you have to go one country or one market at the time and then many times people are thinking about the country we should be actually in many cases we need to uh, apply that which city you are focusing on I and mean, if you go to germany you should be actually deciding on is it berlin or is it frankfurt is it Düsseldorf? so you have to kind of depending on the business you have to be very selective but then that area you need to go and in a proper manner so this is about the focus yeah and, and the uh, useful or uh, efficient use of your resources yeah and, and um, many times uh, uh, i mean as, as a worst example I, I would just say that there was a startup company in finland who wanted to sell a certain certain very innovative product and the first thing that they they, they did was uh, exhibition in dubai because the, the finnish government supported this exhibition presence and, and I said that you are you are crazy. You are not even selling in your home country, and you are going to Dubai. Okay, uh, they didn't like my my analysis, by the way. But 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 I haven't heard about that startup either afterwards. Yeah, especially the eastern countries that are very peculiar. Yeah, and you you, you need to establish the network first and understand the mentality and all that stuff. 
sometimes uh, for for Finnish company it's just good to start in Sweden uh, or Estonia and uh, and then go go forward with that. Of course, depending on on what your business is, that highly depends on your business. But but in many cases the the best possible customer is is in, in, in your next door neighbor as a first target. How do you choose countries to, to expansion? Um, of course, we are we are working in 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 the field of, of let's say modular construction, and and uh, we have a network of certain machinery manufacturers who are providing machinery for this precast uh, manufacturing technology. So we are following up on to which countries those machinery manufacturers are selling their equipment, and then of course we we know that there is a potential when when these technologies are. are are there we are kind of following up on 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 what's happening on the market so so it's it's basically where is the possible demand that's that's where we go but we have also learned our lessons that it's not so uh, we were for example uh, seeing a lot of business and 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 in for example in india and um, and and but then then basically there was not not a single customer in india who were wanting to pay their bills the customs duties were all of a sudden uh, sudden what whatever they were and it was impossible environment at the end of the day so even though some basic principles were very favorable it was not working clear and you have uh, you have 30 countries yeah in in your uh, like portfolio and and uh, most of uh, they are in Europe, or so I see that you have uh, business in Asia, in Africa, Middle East, North America. What country is the, the most difficult, or the region is the most difficult to enter? I think in general for European uh, company, the, the Asian countries are of course challenging. That's because of the language, because of the of the even physical distance. Um, we have a factory in China which can uh, nicely support uh, many of those countries, but to, to really uh, start business on those countries has been a challenge uh, and it has taken us a long time. Many of those countries are running very well at the moment for us, but it took much more time than, than we, we thought. What is the, the biggest challenge in this case? The language or, or the distance? What else? I, I think it's, uh, the, of course, the culture, the language and, and how to kind of get to the networks. How to be, uh, as, as we have our own teams, how to be in such a position that the good guys are wanting to work for us in that particular country. How to find good people for our, th- as our team members. That's kind of the, the challenge on how, how a Finnish company can find the best people in China, for example, or the best people in, 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 in Singapore, or the best people in, in Korea. How, how did you solve this challenge uh, what what was your solution for that uh, you have to search you have to search you have to to convince you have to find actually the people who are then able to believe on your products and your services what would you say that this is like must have things uh, when you are going global what is the most important <laughs> i mean everything starts from 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 your offering so you have to have something which is which is unique, whether it's a product or service, which which gives some value add for the customers. I mean, if you are selling just something cheaper, that uh, logic is is not working in today anymore. You have to be able to to sell something which is unique, and then you are being heard. Of course, there are industries where the price is a matter, but with price you can actually sell, and and then if you sell with the price first, then you can go and develop the services as well etc but but you have to, you have to have a, some something unique 
in, in today's world. And that's, of course, tough always, anywhere. So the, the product and people, yeah? Two parts of the uh, successful expert or global expansion. Uh, both, both. And, and, and then you have to have a people who, are, who, who believe on, on, on the setup, can communicate the, the benefits of the products. I mean, you need to have both. You need to have both. And, and then in many cases, you need to have a long-term approach and, and, and funding to support that so that these people can work with uh, long-term results in mind. But, but it, it depends on the business as well. In software, you can easily, easily maybe, or you can, you can make some fast track cases as well comparing to some finding some some uh, channels for your for your physical products okay coming back to finland what is the general business culture in finland especially in b2b any peculiarities or how how would you describe it from your point of view i i, I think it's a it's a it's a fair it's a culture is in many cases it's fair so so when people are respecting the agreements people are even not needing to have an agreement. There is a there is a high integrity. We are one of the least corrupt countries in in in, in the world, uh, based on the Transparency International. Of course, we have our own set of problems as well. But but in particular in the in the normal business to business relationships, I mean, there is not a single case where somebody asks some some money under the table. So it's it's a very fair fair decision-making processes and uh, but on the other hand we are kind of like in an island as as many of the of the products are coming via sea uh, somehow you cannot take the truck uh, through st petersburg nowadays we are also having some longer lead times and, and that's why the, the availability for physical products is is many times uh, very important. We, we respect the fact that there is a availability. We respect the fact that there is a local stock in many for many products, etc. So, so it's a it's a uh, the kind of the reliability of the deliveries is extremely important for for Finns in general, I would say. But uh, we do what we promise as as a buyers, as a sellers, uh, sometimes even to the extreme, which is stupid. So, so there is uh, always stories about the blue-eyed Finns who are, are too honest sometimes. But, but that's that's the way we are, in many many cases, in good and in bad. It is interesting how you came up uh, to this uh, honesty through the centuries uh, of uh, uh, being Vikings and, and warriors. I, I think the the change, the main change, happened uh, kind of a hundred years ago, yeah, in the beginning of twentieth uh, century. I I don't know whether. Change is happening. I mean, we are Baruski, we are Chuhnas, so we are kind of like a stupid idiots for based on the based, based on the Russian terminology as well. So we are we are we are kind of idiot, a uh, little bit of naive idiots, uh, trusting idiots in in many ways as a, as, a, as a nation. But on the other hand, it's uh, it's very easy for other people to do business with us, and that has also uh, created kind of the. The, the, the business uh, atmosphere what we have today and, and the success what we have today as well. There is a high trust on society as well. So if you think about just the vaccination uh, results on, 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 on Finland, we are, we are one of the highest in Europe that everybody is obeying and, 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 and looking what the government is doing. The government is also functioning well. So, so there are many, many kind of symbols which are also are leading to the fact that the ease of doing business is, is very good in Finland. I think it, I, I, I do understand that uh, because we actually started our sales uh, 
in uh, my company mostly to the uh, Nordic countries and in Finland as well. And we were really amazed how transparent uh, are uh, potential clients. And uh, when we agreed, to, so we sold our services and Finn said like, okay, let's start, give us the invoice, we will pay. And we were like, come on, an agreement. You, you, you need agreement. You need uh, to write down all that stuff uh, that is uh, actually obligatory in Ukrainian from the Ukrainian uh, point of view of, of legislation. But I was really amazed how uh, easy uh, they trusted to the company they didn't know. And this approach actually built up my approach in business. You understand how much more easy it is to make business in such transparent way. And in this case, both parties earning much more and, and in long term. Yeah. So if, if you're delivering what you promise, then it means that you can proceed further. You can get good references. You can enlarge your business in, in this country as well. But if you do not, so if you just get your money and disappear or not do not deliver what you have been promising then okay you earn once but that's it and i think that you, your phrase about the trust from finnish people is also not about trusting to the person who lied first time yeah so you won't trust him uh, the second time you're you're completely you're completely correct and uh, but and, and then there is this other thing that if you if you fail if you if you talk, kind of talk bullshit about your deliveries, if you if if you are not fulfilling your commitment for one reason or the other, you are nobody. So so it's kind of like you and and, and typically also the Finns are also very bad at uh, giving uh, kind of uh, feedback, uh, negative feedback. So 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 they more or less that they failed, bang, that's it. So so they are also kind of. Uh, a little bit of short term in, in that sense that, that if somebody is failing and, and of, of, or telling some lies during the process, then, then basically uh, this is not the person or company to talk with any further and that's it. So, so you can also uh, lose the, the trust also uh, in a, in a simply, simple way and, uh, or fast way and, and, and it will be difficult for you to understand what happened. Uh, because uh, the, the the Finnish person is just making the judgment based on based on these these trust issues, let's say. So so if you are failing with deliveries, you need to really with Finnish clients, you have to tell in advance that that by the way we have we all of a sudden have issues and and and, and we have a new schedule, etc. So so pre information on these issues is is extremely vital with with Finnish people, Finnish customers. Taking into account this transparency and openness, uh, how it is, uh, how easy it is uh, to approach uh, uh, potential clients in, in Finland in a cold way. If somebody will write you on LinkedIn as uh, to the CEO of uh, international company in Finland, how would you react? Uh, would you answer and uh, give them what they want, or uh, is it is it difficult to approach in a cold way, or or? Or not? Uh, I, I think it's perfectly okay to, to approach, but of course you have to have some some story. And, and I'm being approached by by multiple Ukrainians even in a, via LinkedIn almost every week, and I'm always replying. But uh, but then what is the unique what what one wants to offer? That's 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 always sometimes a question mark. When with LinkedIn you are you are having kind of the the problem that you are you are just sending mass emails. So I think the 
the, the problem with the cold calls is that 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 they are done in a mass way and and, and then they then you kind of approach nobody i would say particularly if the Finns who are in need of this trust you have to really personalize your message show that you have actually studied the website and, and show that your service or product could fit uh, to the company in question uh, of course there are companies who are who are kind of locally oriented and, and they may be more uh, or better approached via via networks but i think uh, we also see that not the whole wisdom of the world comes from from finland we understand that and and that's why we are quite open to to talk with with uh, people from other countries and i, I think it's it's good and, and particularly in the software side of things i think uh, ukraine has a has a very good reputation and uh, and uh, I would encourage Ukrainian uh, software developers to to contact possible Finnish clients. I think that would be good. But but even there, there is a need to to also travel and 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 then le- le- as a second step or third step also also meet the clients and and have the the own references in in good uh, good case. Uh, I have seen cases where I have been approached uh, by different companies, but they are not able to. Uh, describe what kind of references they have done for other customers. So I think the references are very important for, for at least for me and, and, and I think in general in, in Finland. People want to see something concrete. People are not wanting to believe on some talk. They want to understand what this company has really done. Mm-hmm. And you said that uh, even if you, so you, you can approach online uh, as the first step, but then it is uh, important to have this personal meeting. We are talking about after Corona world at the moment and, and meetings are appreciated at the moment. This is a trust-based society. The face-to-face meeting is the one who is, which is increasing the trust. The trust building can start via video, but I think later on, it, it, uh, an Ukrainian company, if, if thinking about doing business in Finland, they, they should have big enough clients that they, they can also afford to, to travel. How do you build your network in Finland? Um, are you going to some special places or meetings, conferences, or what, what is the way of doing that? Uh, conferences, um, certain, certain, uh, of course, in our business, there are industry associations, which we are very active as well. But, uh, but I, I think the physical meetings with the customers are the key at the customer's premises. In, in our case, we are inviting a lot of people to our factories. Uh, we are having a factory tours. We have an open houses, etc., etc. So, so this is kind of our our way of of, of communicating. Uh, the the role of exhibitions is 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 very limited in in Finland, and I would say the exhibition the, the world of exhibitions is starting to be over. I would say, unless there are some key global exhibitions like some German large exhibitions which everybody within that industry is visiting. When you do a negotiation with Finns, is there any point that you should uh, pay attention to or how, how? what is the meeting culture in Finland? What you should know before? <laughs> what, 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 one, one thing uh, uh, that uh, some uh, non-Finns are doing a mistake that when Finns are quiet, they can fool you around with the quietness. The Finns have a very good capability to be quiet for a long period of time and then you should not be irritated or worried or, or anything like that. They can be just quiet and there was one Austrian company and then they, they made a big mistake. I mean, they, the, the buyer was just quiet and then the price went down and down and down. And <laughs> so so, so the, the, you have to bear the quietness, okay? 
there is not always the necessity to say anything. That's also the trick what some buyers are using. Because they can be quiet and then they can make the, the seller very uncomfortable. And, uh, and, and so you need to be, you need to be aware, that, aware of that. You have to be on time. I mean, uh, time is really respected. So you have to be punctual. I mean, not maybe as punctual as the Swiss are, but, but you have to be punctual. So it's a, a part of this trust culture that if you agree, then you are there. And, and uh, I have had customer meetings that we have agreed three weeks ago. Uh, the meeting time, exact time, nobody has communicated anything in between. And then we just appear in that size time point on that particular location. Is it common to have a long, uh, small talk uh, before uh, talking about the business or you can go straight away? The, the Finnish small talk is, is uh, very short many times because it does not exist. <laughs> but uh, but uh, in a way, it's okay to also have a small talk. It's perfectly okay. But uh, but typically, the Finns are, are very subject-oriented and they go directly to the business. But I, I think it's also good to, to have a small talk. And I think with the teams particularly, I'm missing sometimes that there is no, no small talk. People are just not even interested on the other person. So so we should create small talk, small talk culture. And I'm, I'm respecting that many times when somebody has the time to ask a question on how are you doing. Thank you, Topi, for the conversation. Uh, maybe the last question to you uh, is, uh, what would you advise to Ukrainian exporters uh, in their global journey or maybe in entering Finland? Just do it. I, I think in many cases, uh, people are thinking too much and, and you need to just start doing. Uh, I, I think... Uh, there is no great strategies uh, and, and uh, great business plans and market studies. I mean, sometimes you just have to, to go and, and see the possible clients and then do it. Uh, with good intentions, with, uh, with the energy and drive, you can achieve a lot of things. That's, that's how it goes. I mean, and, and then you will see. Then you will see whether the, your product and service is applicable or not. That's the best market study that you, you make a sale or, or you don't make a sale. Okay, thank you. Thank you for being with me at the show. Hey, thanks a lot and I wish all the best for for Ukraine and, and for, for Ukrainian exporters in particular. Thank you. Hey, thanks a lot.